I'm Jen Mall, and welcome to Nurse Connect. I am an RN and a board certified nurse coach. I believe that connecting with others is essential to living a happy and fulfilled life, and that sharing our stories not only helps us to heal ourselves, but also helps others by inspiring hope and optimism. I am so grateful to share stories of these incredible nurses on their journey, and I encourage you to find a way to share yours too. Thanks for listening in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Jen Mall, and I'm here with one of my favorite people, one of my mentors, Barbara Nelson. Thank you for joining today. Thank you. So I'd love for you to just start with a little bit of background. Um, How did you get into nursing? What are you doing these days? And we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Well, again, thank you so much for asking me. You know, you kind of jarred this retiree's brain, but well, I will tell you honestly, I went to the college that my mother went to. After the first couple of weeks, my parents said to me, you know, you actually have to be able to do something when you go to college. I had no intention of being a nurse. So at that time, it was a baccalaureate program in the 60s, which were a very few schools. Mm wandered into the department and they had like 20 people that that accepted and somebody dropped out. So it was pure, pure accidental. Wow. So totally accidental to, to, I would say my journey is to incredibly um, something that I have loved since then and just joyful in, in that, that accident of, of what happened. So I went to I went to college. I finished college, and um, probably one of my first stories, as you asked about stories, I was working in a labor delivery unit. And this night, I worked an evening shift. This night, I had a prime up, and I had a multip that hadn't had a baby for like 15 years, mm. and it was full. So the mothers were off on another floor because they couldn't be where they were. Oh. So I thought, shoot, you know, maybe we should pull these babies out of the nursery and do a little Baptist demonstration in just a conference room. So I went to do it and the nursery nurse told me, we can't do that. And I was just mortified. I was absolutely mortified because one of the things I think that I learned, and I will talk about education because it's such an important part of the melding of nursing, um, was I couldn't believe people would have that kind of a response. So Mm -hmm. I went, but what I did was, you probably have to be in a position where you can help people be able to make the right decisions for the patients at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because run up against a lot of a lot of rules mm-hmm. that in some circumstances and need to provide safety boundaries. But that was one of the first things I went, well, I think maybe I need to do something different or be in a position where I can allow people to make the right decisions for patients. Um, I think later in my career, I, I then, I worked for a while. I actually went back to school because I, I think the right thing to do is when you, you know, something has to be different than change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That decision, but I went back to school and then I went to California. People in my town said, well, what are you going to do with that? And I go, well, I'm going to do something. So I went to California and took a director position there. And one of my first conferences was they said, they made you sit down and write kind of your mission. Mm-hmm. And you had to answer to be and answer it to do and to have. And I came across those notes 
And I thought, really setting that in your mind is really powerful. It doesn't have to be a tome. It's just for you. Mm -hmm. But what do, what do you want to do? And what do you want to have in your life? And I think it just helps guide your decisions, maybe develop a little bit of your own philosophy and put a timeline to some of those things that mm -hmm. seem to be far away for you. Um, I thought about uh, what other things um, that I would have told my younger self. That was it. So I, I did that. I, I went back to school twice because I ended up uh, with a PhD in, I've now been out of school about 35 years, if you can believe it. And, um, <laughs> and I, I realized that every single time I went, how important it was to understand things and to learn how other people work. But I, I also learned probably the most important thing I think that you're utilizing in your calls is you really, it's important to develop that list of questions. Everybody mm -hmm. has got the answers, but when you really search for people that have the really good questions, it is so helpful in many situations in your life to really know what to ask. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and you work on that over your life. But the, the one thing I said was um, what I would have done in my life, and this isn't necessarily about nursing, but it can be, is on the end of the year or the first of the year, just sit down and put like, what are the three highlights you had from this year? I love because that. You will, you'll say to your spouse or to someone else, well, when did we do that? Mm -hmm. And for the, we'll have really good arguments about that in retirement. It'd be a lot better a list. So it might be a vacation, it might be a birth, but the years just meld so much into mm -hmm. one another. You, you should relish some of those really important accomplishments. And it might be just a vacation, a visit from someone, important life event, trips. And then I tried to do three things for the new year. So I actually came up with 10 this year. I've already failed. So I love you. it. <laughs> my list. So the first, the first one I had was, this was really simple. I was supposed to drink more green tea and I was supposed to write a letter, a handwritten letter to somebody every month. Okay. I haven't done a very good job on the list, but even as you retire, having, having something mm -hmm. that keeps, keeps you directed is important. Um, I think the, the learning from working and my, most of my work was in them working for other people and working for others mm -hmm. in their was that there's always an answer. Mm -hmm. Answer to any question that you have, whether it's a patient question, whether it's a relationship question, there's an answer, but you may not know it today. Mm. So just be patient with yourself because the answer is there. Um, you know, my mother used to say, your mouth and your ears are in that proportion for a reason. And if you just keep listening yeah. to things, it's, it's unfortunate today that people don't take the time to really listen to what the other person is bringing. I think there's, there's possibility for, for um, clarity as mm -hmm. you listen. It's really lifelong. And I think the connection for me uh, in lifelong learning and what sent me back is that I didn't know what I didn't know, but there was something there that kept driving mm -hmm. you. And whether it's, um, you know, just picking up a book, learning a new skill, learning, learning how to do things is important. Mm -hmm. uh, the how of it, not just the end point is oftentimes just as important. So 
Um, uh, I love, um, I was trying to put it in here. I said, I think you also need to know when to leave something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've had to learn that. <laughs> important thing, and there's nothing wrong with it. It may yeah. be just where you are and where you need to be. Right. Just aren't matching up. Yeah. I think it's important to say, you know what? Someone else, something else is there. And to close the door feels risky and mm -hmm. um, but it's always something that opens that's unexpected. Mm -hmm. Never know what that is except in hindsight. You know, that 2020 right. is a gem of a thing. But as you sit and live with it, I think it's, it's really much more helpful. Um, I think I would also say is don't wait to fill your bucket list. Yes. Just don't yes. wait. All right. I got to do this. I'm 75 and I just learned how to whistle this year. <laughs> no so, way. <laughs> and I was doing something. Somebody's kid was on TV and just told me what to do. I've never whistled in my entire life. So, I can't so, believe that. Wow. So now everyone in my family is really hoping I would unlearn this task, but, but, but I think don't be afraid of learning something new yeah. and, and do it. So next week or in two weeks, I'm going to Norway. Amazing. List for, oh, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And that is you really, and so I retired and what happened? The world closed. Mm-hmm. The things that you think you're going to do, just don't do. I mean, you need to do it now. Do it now. Don't. Uh, I watch some some people on in my FaceTime uh, connections that are having trips, seeing, mm -hmm. uh, connecting with things, and that's kind of how I felt with mm -hmm. with in school and realizing that I needed to learn new things and new techniques. So, yeah, a couple of I I would say that were the most powerful for me we're really learning about just culture mm -hmm. about having process for actually you know we have processes for everything but we really didn't always have processes of dealing with you know behaviors and how you right. manage them. we also didn't have really good processes for dealing with quality improvements they were a little bit sporadic mm -hmm. we kind of jumped from well if that didn't work i'd do something else but having a consistent methodology for how you approach things whether it's coaching, whether it's your nursing, mm -hmm. is is such a, a, a kit bag you take with you. Mm -hmm. in any Absolutely. Yeah. So last thing, and then you can ask me any questions or we can go on. I, I got this in the mail, but I am an avid um, fan of Marie Kondo. Mm. And uh, you, so you asked kind of where I was now. Uh, I hadn't been around my family for many, many years, so. I moved to my family because uh, as you age, that's what you, you want mm -hmm. to be around. Maybe we'll watch out for you. So I, I got her book. And when I had to pack up that house and sell it and do all of that stuff, I realized that right-sizing your home is important so you mm -hmm. can enjoy an organized life. And that's really powerful. Your things can be burdens to you. Yep. Yep. They don't need to be. So right. she offers a really interesting technique on how to be grateful to things, thank them for their service, and then mm -hmm. pass them. And let them go. And it's hard, especially if you 
uh, I think if you are a sentimentalist like I kind of am, but you know, the next generation has no desire for some of the things that we have held on to. So, so uh, trying to free up time in your life to do the things that give you purpose, that give you joy. I think um, I'm really engaged with people being much more intense, intentionally inclusive these days. Yeah. And I think that, that um, in retrospect, I, I wish I had learned more about. I think that was really good learnings to have. And I think you have to be bold. Mm. I think some have to be bold and try something like you're trying. Mm-hmm. So I have a ton, ton of stories, but as I was, I was uh, perseverating over this, <laughs> well, what would I share? I, I think nurse is a verb and a noun. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to use them in both ways. You'll always be that nurse, but the, the spirit of nursing, of caring for people, I think has never been more important than it is today. And I see people now, and I'm sure you do. I, I'm so proud of nurses and what you have done through this last, I think I got H1N1 was the last one, but through the last pandemic, mm-hmm. because had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You had to find out what to do. And you had to watch the most um, amazingly difficult situations where people couldn't their loved ones. I just, I give you all such credit in doing that. But again, you will always be the nurse to everybody around you. It doesn't matter who you are. Yep. They'll be called. And the complexity of helping guide people in those situations mm-hmm. with you forever. Absolutely. uh, The notion of many of my my most connected colleagues find that they have a loved one who has a critical disease and they can't find a way through. And so being being the advocates for your patients, um, I think is what always was the heart of nursing Mm -hmm. And and it will be with you forever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. God, you just threw down so many amazing little nuggets there. Uh, I don't even know what to unpack first, but first I just want to thank you because even though I don't know that we directly had conversations about a lot of those things, you have certainly modeled that for many times. I mean, I think we worked together for probably 15 to 18 years between my various jobs. And, um, I remember an instance uh, before I was even a nurse, before I was in nursing school. And um, it was a situation I'm honestly not proud of myself and I'm not gonna go through the details on here, but I remember seeing your face and maybe it was a touch, I don't think it was to me. It was a lot of people around me. There was maybe a touch of disappointment in the group I was with. And I remember thinking, this is not the person I wanna be. I want to be like Barbara. I want to be somebody with strong values that is living that out, that is role modeling. And I just remember thinking, I'm I'm not going to be a part of this group anymore because it wasn't the direction I wanted to head. And and I changed that day. Like, and you know, there's something to be said about dropping a group of friends. Like maybe that wasn't the classiest thing, but I knew it wasn't a group of people. And I think that the people you surround yourself with are the people that you aim to to be like. And so I completely changed that day and I got into nursing school then the next six months and I just continued to 
elevate myself in my education and my career. Um, some of it went a little crazy there for a bit, but like you said, leaving a job that's not the right fit, it was hard, but it was it had to be done. But I just want to thank you because even though you didn't intentionally, um, you weren't intentionally singling me out, so to speak, I definitely felt that. And I was like, nope, that's not the kind of person I want to be like. And so thank you. Well, you're all on, uh, you know, and you don't do everything right. I think mm -mm. you also have yourself in that mistakes, you try it you try something and then you try to learn from that and mm -hmm. differently in the next time. You know, I think about, um, I think about so many changes that we had when I told you I was fussing over how to get on the zoom call. It's, um, you know, thinking that we had to change our entire way of mm -hmm. electronic media. And that's where I said, when I said to, uh, I said to my husband, you called, I go, well, every time I asked her something, she said, yes. So, I <laughs> but, but it was just helping people um, yeah. lose the person, but understand how it is so powerful now to go online and talk to my doctor and, mm -hmm. and keep him in line, which I do, you know, it's like, I <laughs> Appointment. Did you forget to order the labs or I don't want to come there. Yeah. It is incredibly powerful tool for families. And I, I think, um, I think you're really reaching out to help people. And I think the best thing you're doing is asking questions because people have their own answers. They just don't know what they are. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about coaching that I just love is that, and I didn't believe this at first, I'll be honest, but it's like, we already have the answers. Sometimes we just have to get quiet and listen. And we've developed coping mechanisms and stuff over the years that we try and drown our own inner voice and inner intuition out. And that's what I think over the last few years for my own personal transformation has been like, just get quiet, just listen to myself and listen to others because the answer's already there. And that's pretty cool. Yes. And I think the, the advocacy, the importance of uh, healthcare is never, never been mm -hmm. at a critical high. And I think the care for the caregiver is, um, you know, how do we care for each other? How do we sh be sure mm -hmm. that there is, um, um, a place that they can be safe and that mm -hmm. they can, and that, that it's, it's an incredibly, um, it's an incredible gift to be able to care for people. Mm -hmm. It's just, and I think if you think of it that way, you're giving a gift to others and then how do you support them? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, and, and I, I think this, this was an issue. This has been an issue just as caregivers for all time, right? We just tend to give and give and give and give. And I think the pandemic's definitely made it worse. And so some people are just really struggling and it's like, how can we reach out and help? And I think it's it's having conversations, it's connecting, it's being open that we're all struggling in some way. You're not alone. Um, and there's a reason why you were called to this profession. And so let's get back to basics. Let's take care of yourself so that you can help take care of others and do what you love. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I just love that your, your career. Okay. So how long, how, how long were you uh, acting RN and how many years total? 
Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to age you here. I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. I'll tell you, I'm 75 years old. Beautiful. Years old, and I started working when I was like 21 years old. Wow. That's incredible. You know, I said I wasn't I wasn't at the bedside very long because very soon, because of my degree. I was, people reached out to me to do some different things. So I did education and then going back to school in my day, it wasn't online. Yeah. It took me about five years to do a PhD. So, so in all of that, it took a, it took a good portion of time, but that also, you know, helped you kind of take a breath. Mm -hmm. School and work is school gets done. <laughs> you can actually write the last paper. <laughs> you can be done with it, but work, you never, are done with it yeah yeah never done some of it whether or not you're caring for that person and you go oh shoot did i did i remember to tell somebody that mm -hmm. or those anxiety moments as you left i'll tell you one other story it's kind of at the end and out of order but i went into a patient's room and her baby had died oh no the part about learning is and there's these things that you remember and she looked up at me with these just eyes and she said you baby has died mm -hmm. and it was I was kind of embarrassed because I knew that I didn't know how to approach mm -hmm. the conversation mm -hmm. I know how to approach the conversation because she mm -hmm. taught me. yeah she able to now go in and say I know this has happened to you it's all I have to say but you don't always have the, the scripts right more little scripts you have the easier it is and you don't always get those early on in your career oh yeah yeah i think it Moment. definitely takes time and yes. i think that is one of the hardest things we've seen too with our poor little new grads coming out uh and especially in the beginning of the pandemic where maybe half of their school year sometimes most most of their school time they didn't have contact with real patients and so what a disservice to them to have to then be floundering already as a new grad. And it's so hard. That first year or two is just so hard to figure it out, um, even with support. And so, and then not even knowing how to really talk to people and patients, it's been hard. I was doing, um, I was volunteering for the health department. So I was, we were giving 10,000 shots a day at the airport. Oh my gosh. But you would have people come in and now you can't see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't read any body language and some of them couldn't speak your language. It was mm -hmm. poor little woman sat down and the tears just rolled down her back. And I just said, uh, you know, and of course I'm in a mask too. So uh -huh. your love is, it's hard for people to read you. Yeah. So I said, you still, <laughs> I, I, this is not going to be hard to, to get, but do you still want me to do this? And it was, it was very, very difficult and I'm sure frightening and scary for everybody. And we have a lot of people here that don't speak English. So that, mm -hmm. so you get for two, but you still go, oh, but that, I'm sure without being able to read some of the, you know, see so many emotions and so many facial expressions when you know you haven't hit the mark and you have to go, let's, yeah, let me, tell me what you heard. What yes. did you, what did you hear me say? What did I miss? What can I, what can I do for you today? How can I? Yeah, absolutely. I think that has been one of the biggest gifts that I've gotten in the last like six months as we've not been required to wear masks inside the hospital anymore. 
it's just getting to see people's full faces. And like, you know, I'm a pretty good reader of body language and emotions, but man, it's just something about like seeing a smile or, or grimace or, you know, just getting the full picture is like, oh, wow. I didn't realize just how much I missed that. And I'm not, I'm not the bedside, you know? And so I just can only imagine how kind of what a relief that is for those clinicians at the bedside to have that back. It's really nice. So I, I, I had one other thing that just popped in my mind as mm-hmm. a learning star, and that was about the, the person that at the hostile behavior. Yes. But that works on four and five-year-olds also. So I have, I have a great niece and nephew. So what I try is, these are your two choices. You can't do nothing. <laughs> choices. What one would you like? Yeah. Oh, it's like you pick up those little uh, uh, scripting, you, you pick up those little things and it works. It's like, yes, these are your two choices. Which one do you want? As opposed to, no, you can't throw that. But, <laughs> but I think that's where um, it's, it's wonderful. Even so, yes, where I am now, I'm in a retiree community, which sometimes I think, hmm, <laughs> complaining, <laughs> depending on the status of the grass and the mold. Uh, most people are still in junior high, but so these kinds, <laughs> these kinds of skills about how people relate to one another, what oh they're frail for your whole life. And wow. I think it's such a gift to have even those first times when you just had to sit in front of a patient, listen to them and then write mm-hmm. it all down. I'm going to lose my mind from this assignment, but you began to have to listen to what that person had to say. Mm-hmm was it yesterday they said most people listen with the intent of asking the next question (laughs) really hear what the person said and sometimes just being quiet and you're so right listening to it is uh the the vacuum is important because it forces them to go back and do this with my husband too i force (laughs) him to would you like to think of another way of approaching that this is a, these are good life lessons. <laughs> or like, I have more life lessons now than I have, uh, than I have other lessons, but, um, but it's, you know, it's, um, for my time and in my, my time, it was just a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful career. I just to have been blessed by that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> You just have to buckle up and do something. And whatever you do, there's so many opportunities for, especially for women, mm-hmm. that didn't exist when I was younger. But now there are multiple opportunities. And it's fun to see people just thing and do something different that they had never done before. Yeah. Yeah. A big, I went to the School of Public Health for my master's in Minneapolis. And uh, there is a doctor there that just posted. And what he's doing is he's looking at the waste in the OR. When you think about the packs you open, there is mountains of waste. And he is looking at how he can, can use that and recycle it and do things differently with it. You know, everything you see, um, even in the, the lean processes, are so mm-hmm. important because therein lies some opportunity. Right. And a great opportunity for creativity. Uh, I think also from looking at how whole populations, now that the EHR is here, mm-hmm. I can the wealth of knowledge. Well, you can see it in your doctor's practice. Now you go in and you're going to get X, Y, and Z because they've already shown 
this leads to a better outcome for your health. Mm -hmm. And that is, they just did a, a program today where they did brain surgery, intrauterine brain surgery, first one that they had done. Wow. Because uh, she had a, a malformation that would have caused her a very high danger when she was born. So just this morning. Incredible. So every day that somebody goes, well, you know, we can do other kinds of surgeries. Why couldn't we do that? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I think that's the, the trajectory of healthcare is just exploding. And I think it does take people being willing to think outside the box and, and kind of, oh, I think by nature, we kind of want to repress that, that urge to do something different because it just feels uncomfortable and it's, 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 well, we don't know how to do it, but I think just when you can be open to it, it's like, well, why not? Maybe this will make a difference. And I, so I, we're seeing that in so many aspects of well, life, but healthcare, especially in our, in our context. And I think it's pretty cool to be a part of, but I'm always open to change. <laughs> you have, you have also, uh, you have rigidity in nursing. Mm -hmm. it this way, if you, if you learn mm -hmm. from a nurse, you did it, then you pretty well figured out that when you gave report to that person, it was going to be that way, or your life was going to be miserable. So we, you know, you do it that way for a while and then you go, oh, I'd kind of like to switch this up a little bit mm -hmm. and do or think of another plan. And yeah. uh, I, I think that's probably our biggest challenge in nursing is that we kind of get stuck. We get stuck in this way and then, uh, and if it doesn't work out, then change it. But don't yeah. be opposed to experimenting and trying some different things that might work and be more effective for people. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it takes a, a bit of courage to stand up um, against the, the crowd of people that are there. Nope. This is just the way we've always done it. Um, so, but I think we're starting to see more and more of that. I think COVID really forced a lot of that because we had, we had to shift so many things so quickly. And so I, I do feel we're seeing a little bit of that, that turning. It's like, well, it worked okay then let's try this now. So we'll see. This is what a freedom that is to them. Yeah. I mean, if I've yeah. got just, I know what it is. I can dial you up for five minutes on the phone. It, it is, we figured out how to do things more effectively. And I hope that as we have fewer people, and obviously we're probably going into a shortage of healthcare professionals again. Oh, yes. Retiree group. Uh, people are tired. People really mm -hmm. got tired. And as you do that, then how can you use the hours that people have in a as the best men are possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, this has been so good. I think I love that you're um, such a great example of a lifelong learner. Uh, once a nurse, always a nurse, right? There's always some way to contribute to the profession. And I'm just really grateful for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Yeah, do you have any last little tidbits you want to throw in before we wrap up? Um, I think I would say um, do things that make that that make joy in your life. Mm -hmm. Be inclusive and be bold. Thank you. I got a little teary eyed. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see you. My best to you, Jen. Thank you. You too.